0: This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. I'm Dallin. And I'm Kyler. And we're here to talk about the moments, magic, and memories that we love in film. There's a lot to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope we can pass that on to you.
1: All right, Dallin, we got a special one for you today. Another special one, but like, we are delving into television.
0: Yes, we're we're trying. We're doing a bit of an experiment, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, we have been interested in covering some television shows for a while now, um, and we have specifically mentioned this one, The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. uh, several times. I mean, many times, really. Yeah. (laughs) On our other episodes. I think it's probably the most common thing we've, we've brought up. Yeah, and just haven't with, talked uh, about it yet. Yeah, especially just with when we talk about like technology and things. Yeah, and this show is really good. And yeah. so we we've been like wanting to do shows. We but we weren't quite sure how because I mean so far all of our episodes have been kind of just a one off. It's like oh we watch one movie and then we talk about that one movie and it might sort of relate to some of the other things we've talked mm-hmm. about. But you know that's it. And there've been a couple of sort of series of movies that we've wanted to do and then that also kind of in the similar realm where like we're not quite sure sure how to go about it yeah i don't know here's just like pirates of the caribbean i've been thinking about that one recently it's like do we want to do just the first one do we want to do like one two three because those are like really the
1: main trilogy like well and like we've done you know a star wars and a marvel and dc and stuff but it's like yeah like, at this point, we've kind of been like, where do we go from here on those, you know? Exactly. Like, it's yeah. like, how
0: do we approach something that has more content than yeah. we can discuss, really, in, in one episode? Yeah. And so we're we're going to do a bit of an experiment. We're going to do sort of a special little series, and we're going to talk about The Mandalorian.
1: Yeah. yeah and we're excited, because um, we both love The Mandalorian, obviously. Yes. I love Star Wars, but uh, I know, I think you've said that this is your favorite Star Wars thing. Yes, my, this, is, this is currently my favorite piece of, I guess, like Star Wars media that exists. Like, it is a very good show. As we record this, Obi-Wan's in three days, so we'll see how that yeah. goes. <laughs> well, I mean, we might have to watch that together, who knows? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and this was uh, kind of revolutionary, because it's... Like, we've had the Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, all those animated shows, but this is the first Mm live-action Star Wars show, and it's so unique, I think, Mm -hmm. especially in the world. You know, there's all this stuff that you love from Star Wars, but it's unique in a lot of other ways. Mm -hmm. Music, the way it looks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into that in
1: a minute, but like... Got to do a little spiel. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're talking about the Mandalorian, and we fi- we figured we'd do like two episodes.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll do since they're relatively short. Yeah, about thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, we'll do
1: two episodes of the show per episode that we that release. We yeah. Um. So we're doing. Uh, I'm gonna go episode by episode. Yeah. So, uh, so chapter one, uh, the Mandalorian. Came out uh, November twelfth, two thousand nineteen. It's TV PG, and it stars Pedro Pascal, Carl Weathers, Werner Herzog, and Omid Abta- uh, Abtahi, and then uh, Nick Nolte and Taika Waititi, and directed by Dave Filoni.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Chapter Two, The Child, came out November fifteenth, two thousand nineteen, and stars Pedro Pascal, Nick Nolte, uh, and Misty Rojas. And we, we might not need to mention Pedro
0: Pascal every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just. I'm just going the... through, just, you yeah. know, the. Uh,
1: and then it, this one was directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, I don't
0: think I've ever heard of, of him before.
1: Well, a lot of these, like uh, Rick Femiwa, um he does a lot of TV episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that he makes directs sense. a lot of TV stuff. And same with later, uh, the next episode, the third episode, mm-hmm. is directed by Deborah Chow, who also directs a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. And she's actually directing the whole obi-wan show oh nice yeah
0: yeah. cool so then i guess like they are a little quick uh synopsis i suppose of the first first two episodes
1: yeah so uh the the first episode a mandalorian bounty hunter tracks a target for a well-paying mysterious client Mm -hmm. yeah i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then second one uh target in hand the mandalorian must now contend with scavengers yeah these are short. They're very <laughs> short. Oh, I, I guess there's a longer one but it, it, uh, for the second one. After fighting off some bounty hunters who were tracking the child, the Mandalorian returns to his ship to find it scavenged by Jawas. Queel, the Ugnot directs him to trade with the Jawas in order to get the parts back. The Jawas demand he retrieve the egg. When the Mandalorian enters the cave, he discovers that it is a nest of a giant horned beast that attacks him. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 exciting. It is. It's been
0: a, it's been a long time since I've watched this. I don't remember if I watched them all um, when they first came out, like week to week. Yeah, because I remember back when they did originally
1: come out, we were all really excited about it because mm-hmm. you know it's a cool new show. Well, and, and it, it came out too, like uh, when Disney Plus premiered, mm-hmm. it, it came out so.
0: And we, I mean, in our whole friend group, a lot of us are very invested in Star Wars. And then also
1: just Mandalorians are cool. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Mandalorians (laughs) are cool. Well, and going into this show, we had no idea what it was. like. Yeah. I mean, because Grogu, uh, the Baby Yoda, wasn't uh, marketed at all before this first episode. It was was a secret. Yeah. So we had no idea that, uh, spoilers, (laughs) the end of that first episode... It is little baby Yoda, little Grogu. Apparently Mikey knew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My, uh, our friend Mikey, uh, who I also did a star Wars podcast with, uh, we were watching it together and he was like, Oh yeah. What if that's like some, uh, baby Yoda or something just like completely joking. It's like sort of an offhand comment. And then it reveals it is in fact a baby Yoda. And he's like, Oh yeah. When we saw the big ears, I was like, no way, dude, (laughs) no way you've called that. And he's like, I was just joking. (laughs) It does that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and that kind of, one thing I really like about it is in this first episode, you kind of, up until that point, you know, you see him as a bounty hunter, as a mm-hmm. guy kind of just, in my reading of him, he's, he's kind of just like... He's doing the job. Yeah, he's doing the job. This is kind of all he has, and he's like, doesn't really, he's like, okay, back to another job. I just need to get money for my... Mm-hmm. Mandalorian coven, you know, <laughs> coven, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> um, and it, and he's just doesn't really have a purpose besides this. It seems like, yeah, you know, and then he finds a little baby, little little green eared goblin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is unremarkable or not unremarkable is who is remarkably cute. Like, yes, I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. like. A, I, having seen
0: Yoda yeah. many times mm-hmm. in, in his various incarnations whether that be animated or the different puppets they've used yeah. I've always been like, you know, Yoda's not the most uh, attractive of fellows <laughs> but then there's uh, the, the baby Yoda Grogu is just like, oh man that's <laughs> he's pretty cute a cute little guy <laughs> yeah. and also it absolutely helps that he is actually, in fact, a little puppet.
1: Yeah, he's not CG almost yeah. all the time. Almost all the time. There, I was telling you that it hasn't been confirmed or anything, but that first Baby Yoda shot at the end of the first episode, mm-hmm. it looks different to me than the other Baby Yoda shots. And I don't know if it's because of CG or what, but that like maybe they had to, they did film it with a puppet, but it didn't look as cool. Like because he pulls down his blanket. And so maybe they tried to do it with the puppet, and it just didn't look good. It wasn't quite there. Yeah, yeah. And so they did it with a little CGI thing. Um, but yeah, most of the time he's a little animatronic puppet, and like you see him on like behind the scenes stuff, like w- w- like with Book of Boba Fett, uh, Robert Rodriguez is one of the directors, and you see him playing guitar with Baby Yoda. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, they all then they all like just carry him around on set yeah. a bunch just just because like he's cute and also you know. <laughs> well and they would
1: have like the, the people who were in control of him you know they had like little controllers that they would move his head and ears and mm. things so when people would hold him it's like he was actually moving and talking to him and stuff you know yeah. um, there's the infamous picture of when George Lucas visited the set and was holding Baby Yoda like his like a child uh, yeah like his little grandchild pretty much <laughs> it pretty much is you know like George Lucas is the grandfather yeah. of the Star Wars universe yeah it's... Well, he's the father of the Star Wars universe, and then the grandfather of the Mandalorian, you know, because like, <laughs> Dave, Filo- Dave Filoni is his protege. Yeah. So,
0: well, I mean, that was kind of one thing I was I was mentioning to you before. Is I mean, we'll get more into it as we go through the series. Yeah. Because it hasn't taken a, a huge, you know, play quite yet. because yeah. We're just sort of getting an introduction to Mando and and. Uh,
1: Quill and and, and
0: yeah, uh, Grogu IG-11. And, yeah, ig 11 he's my favorite. <laughs> uh,
1: Gr- Grief, Karga, Carl Weathers, uh, Mando. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: I I like him. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get more into him later because there's there's more episodes with him as a more prominent role. Yeah, but just I the thing I, I was mentioning is just kind of how Dave Filoni, um, in with this whole show. Uh, kind of was just like you know let's let's take a lot of these things that were sort of made uncanon yeah through uh when the the Disney acquisition of, of Star Wars and how they they basically said anything that is not the main like uh, continuity of movies and what what was it like the Clone Wars show yeah anything outside of that basically is not canon yeah
1: they had a reset button and so pretty much so they could do their own thing with the new movies yeah. and also, like, the books and stuff. Because they have this thing in Lucasfilm called the story group where they have just, like, ten people who are... Uh, their whole jobs is to make sure things line up and make mm-hmm. sure, you know, like... Make sure the continuity is... It, at like least... Consistent. Yeah, at least fairly consistent, yeah. But, yeah, they, they kind of did a whole, like, yeah,
0: none of this other extra stuff is canon anymore. Mm-hmm. But then... And I'm sure I'll mention it more as we go, but but Dave Filoni has sort of just been like grabbing characters from other places and 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 just like pulling them in and having them be mentioned or having them show up and and just making them back into canon now. Well, one of the biggest
1: one of the biggest instances in Star Wars Rebels, he brought back Grand Admiral Thrawn, Mm -hmm. who is a big character in the EU. So yeah, he loves to pull things from. The Legends books. Yeah, I know there's a lot of other books. I haven't ever read any of them. There's but. a lot of Star Wars <laughs> books and comic books, and yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a very large uh, IP. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I have a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really cool, and it's really cool to see Dave Filoni uh, get into this point because he started off as the animated guy. He he worked uh, before he worked on Clone Wars. He worked on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm and uh i didn't know that yeah that's pretty cool mm-hmm. he's and got some, uh, he's got, he's coming from a good place <laughs> yeah. yeah and so he's just been an animated guy and uh he's always loved star wars and uh he he pretty much became like i said dave or george lucas's protege cuz even while they were making clone wars george lucas was like i don't know if i want to keep doing all this but i know everyone loves it so here you go, Dave, here's some of these ideas that I have. And, like, well, and, like, you know, George would do things like, here's this idea I have. Okay, George, what is it? Maul's back. What? Maul's back. Figure it out. (laughs) Where'd he come from? Where'd he go? Where'd he come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah. And, And so he pretty much just, quote, unquote, trained Dave Filoni in the Star Wars arts and sort of just figure it all out (laughs) yeah well it's really funny i I read a uh interview recently where dave said that if he was doing this show by himself he would have never done baby yoda because Hmm. uh because he said that yoda is yoda and that's kind of like stepping on george's thing and so yeah having this other voice john favreau Mm -hmm. in it kind of being like no maybe we should try it you know kind of yeah, uh, Dave just said, he's like, you know, Yoda is always supposed to be his own thing. I mean, besides yeah. Yaddle. I mean, we see Yaddle a couple times. Isn't Yaddle only in the... Uh, only in the Phantom Menace. Only in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Okay, I thought, I thought she may have shown up once in, in, the, in episode two, but yeah. maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I think she's only in the Phantom Menace. And I don't even know if she's in the Clone Wars, I... Does she even ever say anything? Not, nope, not. In the <laughs> <mind>. Yeah, she <so. laughs> just happens to be there in the background. <laughs> you can play her in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Dave was pretty much just like Yoda is supposed to just be Yoda. We don't even know what species he is. We don't. Well, I mean, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the appeal is yeah. that he's like this
0: wizened old, you know, master of the Force, yeah. kind of, and and
1: no one really knows who he is or where he came from yeah. or how old he is or like <laughs> well yeah and that's that's kind of what dave was saying where he was like he was like i if i were doing it by myself i would just keep yoda as yoda you know mm-hmm. it wouldn't eh. and then dave was like no i think this is a good idea
0: i mean john? Or, or john yeah. yeah
1: john was like no i think this is a good idea well i mean it's kind of interesting to see yeah. perhaps
0: a little bit more about i mean and so far mm-hmm. uh grogu is still quite mysterious like we we mm-hmm. really don't know a lot about him or where he came from, yeah, or, or anything else, really. It's just like we know he's the same species and
1: he's well, a little uh, baby kid. And he well, and can that's also one thing, use the force. Like, That's one thing in these first two episodes that we watch, and for this whole season, we mm-hmm. don't know his name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We
0: technically, don't that's spoilers. I mean, yeah. We don't even know his name till season two. Yeah, so we, we can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, like, I, I, when I first heard his name, I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, but <laughs> it's fine now, <laughs> but um. I don't know, it, like, I think that's one of the main reasons, just to kind of get back to the, the two yeah. episodes we watched, mm-hmm. I think one of the main reasons why I enjoyed this is just kind of how mysterious and unique the whole show is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't... Sure, it exists in the same, like, universe, and you can yeah. see a lot of those things, but like, so far, I don't think it's been... It's taken place on any planets that we've known about before, or that we're, have been shown before. In really. these first
1: two episodes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then... I mean, they do eventually go to Tatooine. Tatooine, and, yeah. Um, but so far, it's just two completely new places, a bunch of completely new characters. Like, yep. no one we've ever seen before or know who they are. Like, the only thing that's directly 100% recognizable is the Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, and
1: even, you know, uh, the Mandalorian's helmet, but it's not Boba Fett. You know, yeah. it's like. I mean, his helmet is very similar, mm-hmm.
0: it's very similarly structured. With like the the sort of swoops on the cheeks and just like yeah. how the, the, the whole shape visor, of it, everything yeah. has been done. But then you see when he goes down into the the sort of sewer area yeah. where all the other Mandalorians are, they all look completely unique. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similar motifs, yeah. but when you put each of them right next to each other, they look different.
1: Well, yeah, like the armorer. The, yeah. She has the, the horns on her helmet and uh, her, her... gold. Her, and, yeah, her helmet is very has different angles and uh lines in it and I think they the eyes, yeah.
0: the eye bits, instead oh, yeah. of just being sort of a line, they, they kind of have like a a curve. A curve, yes, yeah,
1: where it's more of a like an eye slot instead yeah. of just a, a little slit to look through. Yeah. Um, well and she has that chisp chest piece, but she also has like the uh, um, blacksmith like apron mm-hmm. on and stuff, which is cool and that whole scene is pretty neat. Yeah. I, I thought it was the seeing all the forging
0: stuff was kind of cool,
1: well, and it was a cool device to use to kind of flash back with uh the Ma- with mando where yeah. he, uh, he's sitting there watching her forge, and each time she has a hammer clang, goom you see like a different flashback yeah, it's it's his when he was originally found yeah. by the other mandalorians mm-hmm. um during the clone wars I think
0: I don't remember all they go into that a little bit more later, mm-hmm. right yep. yeah, I don't remember all that stuff that was actually. I was I was me I was gonna ask you while we were watching, yeah. but I was like, yeah, we'll 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 figure it out when we
1: yeah. when they show it, because.
0: But we'll yeah, that was but. And, and
1: that's another thing about this show is I think it has a unique like way that it's shot too. Yeah, like it. Uh, it's a very grimy world that Mando's in. You know, <laughs> like very yeah, very dirty, very lived in. Which is very similar to, like, the originals in the way that uh, George wanted it to be lived in. And, like, yeah. most sci-fi was shiny and sparkly and, mm-hmm. you know. But. And you can see that sort of contrast with, with Mando
0: himself, mm-hmm. where his helmet and then a little bit later on his uh, shoulder piece mm-hmm. are the, like, super shiny, uh, almost, like, cr- not quite chrome. It's yeah. not quite that reflective. But, but very, like, shiny, silvery, uh, his, his Beskar armor. And then eventually he does get more. But yep. So far, we've only seen with the, the two pieces. Yeah. And, and then, it, directly contrasting that to his other armor, which is just like old and rusty and you know, like the paint's falling all apart, yeah. coming off, and then it gets destroyed several times. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: you see in the second episode, especially when he's fighting the mud horn, like uh, just how it's his chest piece is just hanging off. And, I
0: mean, that's <laughs> one thing we've talked about several times yeah. is like battle damage. Mm hmm. And and that I really appreciated when I, when I first saw it is like he gets thrown out of the hole, the pit yeah. after he encounters the Mudhorn originally. And, the, like, the first thing you see is just, like, his chest plate is, like, completely, like, concave and sticking out. <laughs> it's, like, on a hinge. Only. Yeah, it's, like, it's the like... the left side, like, attachment over his yeah. shoulder or whatever that attaches to is, like, completely loose. Yeah. And it's just, like, sticking out straight off his chest. Well, and, and he
1: loses like... one of his gauntlets. Like, you yeah. see that when he's rolling, like, uh, one of the gauntlets falls off. Yeah, he gets beat the heck up. <laughs> and, and when he's walking back with the egg, you see him, he, he's holding one of his gauntlets and a couple other bits of his armor and... But that's yeah. like, even in that first episode, uh, like when he first walks into that bar and the guy's like, oh, is that real Beskar and scratches his chest piece? That yeah. uh, scratch on his chest piece stays there the whole time. You know, it's not I like, actually didn't yeah. I didn't notice that. That's kind of, that's cool. Yeah. I like
0: the the little like uh, consistency mm-hmm. details that, that sometimes people overlook. Yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember what it was about, but I, I saw one time that there's like, oh, this guy in a show or a movie had gotten into a fight and like had a cut over his eye or something yeah. and then in a couple of the shots like afterward they had forgotten to put that on because oh, of yeah. how things you know, things aren't always shot in chronological mm-hmm. almost never they're shot in chronological order yeah uh and so it's just like and also the different takes and everything so they had the the like cut and then yeah. it disappeared and then it reappeared and it was just like <laughs> If you, if you were paying attention, you're just like, wait a minute, hold on.
1: Yeah. So when there's little things like that, like, oh, they just scratched a bit of his arm. Well, and, like, when the, the blur got his arm, it yeah messed up his gauntlet a little bit. And throughout the rest of the, the time he has that gauntlet, it's mm-hmm. busted there. He's got know? all, like, chunked up. And yeah. Got a big old bite out <laughs> of I it, And I think basically. he did. Uh, one thing I noticed is, uh, I because for a while it did have, like, ch- a chunk out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... He, Queel helped him fix it, and there's like, cause it's a red gauntlet, but it has some silver up up on the top. Cause I know I was like, oh, is it is it back to normal? It doesn't have the chunk, but I saw that it had the silver there, and I yeah. was like, oh, and I think it was it. repaired. So yeah,
0: and I think this show is is a perfect example of why, like, I'm I want to say this. Basically, I want to say it's a smaller scale mm-hmm. show, and so. When you have something that's a smaller scale, it's perhaps easier to pay attention to those details, because right. they might only have, like, one or two, like, costume people on set at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm really not sure. I don't know. Yeah. But I would imagine it's not a huge amount of people, and then those people would be in charge of being like, okay, during this part of this episode, you have a da- your damaged gauntlet versus your fixed gauntlet right. versus your...
1: Fixed damage gauntlet. Like, <laughs> well, one thing I do know is like they all, they take a lot of pictures, a mm-hmm. lot of you know, like okay, this is how you look in this scene, just so like we know the continuity and stuff. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, I, this is kind of a, an interesting tangent that I just
0: now thought about, yeah. but I I used to watch and I still do it occasionally watch um, Adam Savage's Tested mm. on YouTube. Yeah, and. He worked in the film industry for a long time. In fact, he, he worked on several of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, he
1: worked on the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he did a
0: lot of miniature work and, and things like that. Him
1: and... Um, oh, gosh. This is uh, uh, this upsets me that I can't remember his name. <laughs> Who's the other guy uh, in the Mythbusters? The Oh, Jamie Heineman? No, no, no. no oh. One of the three... Uh, uh, the black hair... Um, Grant? Yeah, Grant. Yeah. Grant Imahara. Who was, unfortunately... He passed, passed away, away, unfortunately. But, but he also worked on the Star Wars movies. I, th- and, I think that's how they met originally. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, they both, I think, uh, helped with designing the uh, Kaminoan city in the episode yeah, two. The the like the, the old the, dome things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's <was, laughs> like, like them painting it. And them. The pictures of them painting.
0: It I and think stuff. I actually think I, I saw something about him talking specifically about those. Yeah. Regardless, just kind of one of the things that I've I sort of learned from his videos is how like when they make props, they make so many different versions Mm -hmm. of the same thing. Like, I bet there's, like, six different versions of the Mando armor. Yeah. And some of them are like, okay, they've got a little bit different details, or, like, this one's damaged, this one's normal. But it also could just be, like, in case something gets damaged during a stunt, we have another one. We can just, like, take off the chest piece and put on another one.
1: Well, and then you look at things like his weapon, there's Mm -hmm. probably, like, several versions of his gun there's certainly a, a rubber a, there's most likely a rubber one that mm-hmm. he has so when he does stunts he doesn't land on it and, and hurt, hurt himself, himself. Yeah, yeah. exactly um and then like uh an, 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 one that's probably just up for in the holster and then another one when he actually fires and because i've noticed that in a lot of behind the scenes of newer star wars stuff when they fire their blasters there's a light for like a yeah. red, you know and like because, um, I mean, all the lasers mm-hmm. are obviously not real, but yeah. <laughs> but having
0: that cue mm-hmm. to help the animators afterwards. If I remember right, they designed
1: it to where there's a little bit of a kickback. Yeah, that unquote. would yeah, make yeah. a lot of sense.
0: There's, mm-hmm. like, little CO2 things you mm-hmm. can... I mean, I know some airsoft guns have those where they have, like, sort of simulated recoil because yeah. the, the CO2 canister, like, goes off and it makes it, like, pop backwards, yeah. basically.
1: so it gives it more of a, you know, you're not just faking it, like... Because there's a, recoil is pretty. There's difficult. a scene, <laughs> uh, infamous scene in the Phantom Menace where he's uh, Captain Panaka is firing at a, a, a window and he's waggling his hand like the like just like you can't see it but it's like <laughs> totally like okay I know there's recoil but on a pistol it would not be that much. Yeah. <laughs> and so it it gives it that little bit more of a realism. Yeah. But it's yeah. just because like. It
0: moves so fast; mm-hmm. it's difficult. Like your hand can't move that quickly yeah. and in quite the right way. So, so having something there to actually, you know, simulate that for real to yeah. make it at least close to what it might actually be like, yeah, that helps. Right. And I mean, that's a reoccurring theme throughout this entire show. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that's the main thing we have mentioned in other episodes is the volume. Yes. The, the giant. Space they created with big old LED screens that they can film in that allows them to basically the, the backgrounds of every shot, like they can just be there, even though they're CG, even though they're like not real and they're these simulated created environments, they can still effectively be there yeah. for the camera,
1: but also for the actors. Well, yeah, because like, you know, green screen and blue screen did its job and still does its job, still has its purpose. But like, you look at Mando, and especially, you know, in, the, in these first two episodes and then especially later, he's this big chrome, almost chrome guy. Yeah. And so if he was in blue and green screen, they'd have to paint a lot of that out. I mean, I think we mentioned yeah. some stuff about specifically C3PO. Mm-hmm. Like, Revenge of the Sith, he's this gold chrome robot that they had to paint every piece of green out of him. And the, the like, there's a term for it. I don't remember what it
0: is. Basically, the, the like, overspill of the green reflection. And it's not just on reflective materials. Yeah. Like, on human skin, too. Well, yeah. Like, like in hair and mm -hmm. things like that. Like, that green that just, from the background, will just coincidentally end up on your face. Yeah. And on your hair and other things. And so they have to go in and correct all of that every single time. And yeah. that's why sometimes it's easier to just completely replace, like, someone's head with a CG double for, like, yeah. some some scene. Right. And so <laughs> with this, having these LED screens where it is projecting the background, mm-hmm. they can just film it directly. They don't, oh, yeah. They don't have to do any I – mean, I'm sure there is still some, like, touch-ups that they do digitally afterward. Yeah. But the fact that they can just have a camera and just film – like him walking through that little Canyon. Yeah. And it just looks like that directly in the camera.
1: And it helps with like the lighting is, cause that's one thing I've heard working on blue and green screens is it's like, okay, we're supposed to be in a desert. We gotta figure out this lighting real good, you know, to make it look like it's desert, you know, sun Mm -hmm. beating down on this person. But with this, with the led screens, you have that simulation of the sun beating down on him. And so it, You have that reflection of the sun in his helmet Mm -hmm. or what, you know, and it helps with that. Like you said, there's probably still stuff done after the fact, but Mm -hmm. like, for sure, it's just really cool. And it's really cool to see how the actors feel about it, because like I've seen especially interviews lately with Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, who have worked in both of these types of situations where they're like, yeah, it was tough. To work in a green screen. The, I like, mean. Pre- predominantly a green screen.
0: <laughs> it's kind of a meme, but yeah. like
1: there's that shot of, of
0: um, Ewan McGregor in the speeder like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and being goofy. And it's just like this big old, it's this speeder. Yeah. But it's in a completely 100% green room behind him. Yeah. And
1: then people have like comped like crazy explosions and stuff in the background <laughs> yeah. just to be funny. But like. But yeah, it's like Hayden said. He's like, yeah, well, back in the day, it was like you had a lot more that you need to rely on with your animate with your imagination. Mm-hmm. But now he, he like everyone who, who I've seen who's interviewed about like working on Mandalorian and stuff, they says that it's crazy. You know, that well, how, it's, like, it's like it's groundbreaking. Yeah, it's it's revolutionary,
0: and kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's it's a smaller scale project, mm-hmm. thus the whole like this whole volume, this the space that they created with these LED screens, it that's part of the reason why they could have such a quick turnaround mm-hmm. on the, the second season and, like, the first season as well. But yeah. it, it was because, like, they had all this stuff digitally created um, and then they could just sort of, like, push a button. I mean, it's a little bit more complicated <laughs> than that. But, like, quote-unquote push a button and yeah. then just, like, boom, the background changes to this other environment. Yeah. And then they can synchronize the camera in real space to a camera in digital space so that as the camera moves around,
1: the, the screens change yeah. to
0: line up properly. I actually saw a, a a back behind the scenes shot they had taken from a separate camera looking into the volume as they were filming.
1: You said it was the scene where uh, him and Grogu are walking through the canyon. Yeah. Right?
0: yeah, it's the beginning of the second episode. I yeah. want to say mm-hmm. where he gets ambushed by the the couple of other bounty hunters, the Trandoshans. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it's fascinating. You can see as the camera moves the background just, like, changes, and it'll, like, fade in and out of, like, these different... It's, like, there's almost, like, weird lines in a few spots. Oh, yeah. But from the perspective of the camera, the main camera, yeah, it makes sense. But from mm-hmm. this other outside perspective, it's a little bit confusing. But it's just right. so fascinating how it happens instantly
1: and, like, seamlessly with the way this other camera... And It's, it... it's kind of like, I don't know if you've... Have you seen Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? The, the one where he climbs on the big building and I
0: have. It has been a very long time. Do you remember the
1: now. scene where they are uh they have the big screen up that uh they're pushing in the hallway? Yes. And yeah. it's focused on the guy's eyes and then a few other people come in and it's doing a weird thing. Yeah it's you know, like, like flickering. Yeah. It's I bet it's kinda like that, you know like, mm, Exactly. Yeah. No that's that's a fantastic
0: analogy yeah like i completely forgot that that was in there that yeah. is a really good way of putting it yeah it's basically the exact same thing it's just mm-hmm. a big old led screen that's projecting something but that projection is based off of the camera's position mm-hmm. and actually like okay so i went deep down the rabbit hole <laughs> of unreal engine 5 yeah uh a couple of years ago now because i've like i've been trying to get into the video game industry and that's what i'm going to school for currently and so it's always been something i've been interested in but they started coming out with these videos about unreal engine 5 and how it can create 100 percent photorealistic environments it's nuts and and like how and i'm pretty sure that's what they use to create a lot of the
1: the Mm -hmm. you know cg environments for the backgrounds in the show yeah well you look at the the client uh the imperial client that he goes to his office yeah I, i would have no idea that that entire office, besides like the desk, was CG. Yeah. Was the, the yeah. desk, the chairs? I think maybe like one pillar. Yeah,
0: maybe. And then the stormtroopers. Yeah, that was all that was real in that whole scene. Yeah, and he walks into that room, and there's like all the stuff. There's like like big old tanks and like a bunch of different like consoles the and doorways, technology and yeah. stuff, and like th- this is a complicated room,
1: but it's all fake. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's fascinating. Well, like even the, I've seen some behind the scenes of that set the the, the ceiling. It, there's mm-hmm. no ceiling. You yeah. Know, like and so yeah. and so just the fact that they can synchronize that CG space with
0: this camera, and have it all like seamlessly work. Yeah. In real time is amazing. Yeah, it is. And I just I can't wait until this kind of technology gets used in a bigger like a movie mm-hmm. like a, a big old blockbuster movie. That that's gonna be amazing. Oh yeah. Because, the like, again, smaller scale, this room is not that big. Mm-hmm. Like, the volume was, I don't know, maybe, like, 20, 30 feet across. Yeah. Imagine having one that's, like, 50, 100, like, 300 feet across. Jeez. They'd probably have to have different panels of LEDs, but still, like... Yeah. Imagine, like, them shooting the final uh, fight scene with, like, Thanos and the Avengers from Endgame with... A giant LED screen in the background where you see where you can look lo- up and see his ship, you can see the Leviathans you exactly can, yeah. like you can see all that stuff in the background, yeah, and like how there's all the water like pour, trying to pour in mm-hmm. and, and the giant crater and everything. Because when you look at it, how they shot that, it's just a big old green screen mm-hmm. and that works. But if it wasn't that way, like here's mm-hmm. another thing, uh, Dune, yeah, we we raved about how amazing that, that movie mm-hmm. looks, and one of the reasons. Why it looks so unique is because Denis Villeneuve, as yeah, I was going to say, I almost forgot his yeah. name for a second. He insisted on there being natural light as so much as they possible. They shot on
1: location a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. And
0: they still used, I think, like green screens and stuff around the sides and around the back. But like. Well, yeah, because
1: a lot of times what they do is they, when they shoot on location, they need, like, uh, they're like, oh, that behind them doesn't look quite right. Let's yeah. just put a big old green uh, exactly. thing behind them. And then, yeah. But they used natural real
0: light mm-hmm. on like as they were shooting and they just used those those screens to sort of you know fill in the background right yeah. and make it all cohesive. And I think that's like I don't wanna to talk too much about it, but like it's it's just like it, it's so distinct. Yeah. Because of that. And I can just think of so many of the different shots where they get to Arrakis and they're they're like looking out through the desert. And just the way everything looks in in the air around them is just, yeah. like, so different than what I yeah. would
1: expect. And it's probably because they didn't use studio lighting. They used the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that, you know, helps with it. Like, obviously, it's still not shooting on location and everything. But, like, there are times watching these Mando episodes where you can be absolutely fooled into thinking that they mm-hmm. did shoot on location. Yeah like him walking through that canyon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like there's no way I would have thought that they didn't go somewhere to shoot that or, or at least built something. Yeah. Like I, I would have I would have expected that
0: to be a practical set to mm-hmm. some extent and then yeah. they just filled in some of the background with yeah. CG. But like right. the fact that they maybe built like two or three rocks mm-hmm. and yeah. then like perhaps some some of the ground was was like I don't know I don't know yeah. if they had too much different elevation or anything like that but like most of that was just the screens. Yeah. And it works so well. It really does. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Uh, like. Yeah. But then on top of that, they also did do some, I mean, they did do some good work with practical effects yeah. and, like, actual sets. But now that I'm saying that, like, I was going to say the interior of this ship, I would assume, is probably a practical set. But it's entirely possible that it just isn't. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And I can't tell the difference. Yeah, And honestly, I'm really happy that I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's just so cool to me yeah. that it's like, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'd have to actually go look at whether or not, like go look at some behind the scenes stuff. See if, did they build his ship? Yeah. And I'm sure parts of it, like his cockpit probably. Yeah. They probably did build that. As yeah, weapon crate is weapon yeah. locker so, yeah. things that he interacts with, those <laughs> those are probably all real. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would assume that the like underside, the back bottom of mm-hmm. the ship is real because yeah. they kind of like crawl down ladders and they there's like the the sort of sleeping quarters and then there's the little, like toilet
1: area and a couple other things. But I, I did see uh I don't know about the in- interior per se, <clears> but <throat> I did see a behind the scenes shot of the outside of the Razor Crest tissue. Well, yeah, they did miniatures. Well, they did that, and then also they built uh, part of, like, the leg area of Mm -hmm. the ship, and then you see on the volume, the rest of it is the... And it lines up with the camera. It lines up perfect. That's that's the the part
0: about it that's so clever to me is just the sinking of the camera and the the space behind it. Yeah, It's like we can build a practical, like, landing gear, and that's all we need. Because they they like touch that once or something like yeah. that. Or well, they have to walk I, past. And it. I've
1: seen also like uh, his uh, uh, his entrance, like or his you know the uh, the sort of like the the bay door. Yeah, the, the bay door. They built that bay door, mm-hmm. but the rest of the back of it is the volume. And yeah. that's
0: why it's so cool. Yeah. It's so versatile that they can just be like, yeah, we only need this part that he's going to stand on directly interact with. Yeah. The rest of it can just be a, a model yeah in in 3d space and then project it in a way that lines up perfectly <laughs> yeah, so no one no no one's the wiser like <laughs> and it's so it just makes things so seamless and like yeah. we kind of mentioned it's not only for the camera but it's also for the actors mm-hmm. like one thing that you said with like hayden christensen and, mm-hmm. and them is like and also like a lot of marvel movies yeah is um they'll be acting at like a tennis ball or yeah. or they'll be like look at this green wall Imagine over there is is a hill in yeah. the distance,
1: and we're gonna you got to point to that and be like, we're going over there. Yeah, or, now, or like you know we mentioned in Avengers, you know, with Ultron, they just had him in a in a mocap suit with an mm-hmm. Ultron head, like exactly cardboard Ultron head. Like there's like it.
0: a like a yardstick, yeah. uh, taped to his back with a big old Ultron cutout on yeah. it, and so that helps because that that way they can get the direct interaction with the actor who's mm-hmm. playing the character, but then they can also look at the correct spot based off of that and. Mm, man. But, but also it's just like more so that, that sort of like looking into the distance kind of thing or, or interacting with your environment if there's something actually there. Like yeah. Mando could literally point at a mountain in the distance. And, and it would be there. It would be the correct mountain. Like yeah. <laughs> that's neat. That is they really They don't have cool. to guess. Yeah. They don't have to like figure it out in post. It's just there.
1: Yeah. Like I said, uh, seeing interviews with Ewan and Hayden about like them filming on the volume for Obi-Wan and how they were just like, it's just it feels so real now you know like yeah like because like they said it was kind of difficult back in the day just filming on green screen because they're like yeah we were filming star wars it was great but like there's so much we had to just imagine ourselves but now that we can see it here's the other thing there's a lot of cg characters mm -hmm. in movies i mean
0: uh i know that Star Wars tries to at least more of the recent stuff they mm-hmm. try to do practical characters if they can
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can see that in, in L- Mandalorian like too There's Quill yeah, Quill yeah is, uh... Quill's practical I mean his his prosthetics are amazing I oh, gotta yeah. say like his mouth doesn't quite line up but mm-hmm. I don't really care
1: yeah the uh, body double for Quill is uh, Misty Rojas she uh, yeah she plays Quill and it's so it's... would never have guessed it was one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: hey like stunt people and, and people who do the like body doubles and costumes and stuff like that. I have an infinite amount of respect for them. Oh yeah. Because like I mean, we mentioned in solo with uh, uh Chewy. Chewy in the mud oh, yeah. and like how just disgusting and filthy and like heavy.
1: Yeah.
0: Imagine how heavy like that suit normally would be heavy. Mhm. But like just cover it with
1: mud. Yep. Like <laughs> well, speaking of mud, seeing Mando, yeah, exactly. M- it, probably not as bad because he doesn't have a lot of hair on him, like like But chewy. Still, he gets just cu- covered, yeah. and
0: I'm pretty sure all that's real mud, mm-hmm. because is like just the way it, it
1: covers his suit and everything. Like, I mean, there's not really reason not to do it, practically, yeah. but. right? But yeah, and that's one thing I've always loved about the, the like, especially the more recent Star Wars. They're like, yeah, let's push the boundaries, let's create mm-hmm. the volume, a new technology but let's also use the uh, old tricks, you know, like, cause well, even technology has progressed to the point where practical effects can be more um, expensive. Well, no, the, the, like technology is just, it's just uh, even pushed with practical. Mm -hmm. Like you said, the prosthetics of Quill. Yeah. Like him talking and everything. It looks great when most, uh, when I'm pretty sure I've seen behind the scenes, most of that is just him, Moving his mouth, moving moving his mouth, or like um, Grogu. Grogu is mostly practical, Mm -hmm. and like there are some instances, like like my whole thing. The only thing that I can tell that Grogu's almost not there is the way they pick him up. He's so Mm -hmm. light, and so they have to like act like he's heavy, heavier, or heavy, yeah, Yeah. heavier than he actually is. Yeah, but um, other than that, it's like Grogu's facial expressions and everything. It's wild that that's just an animatronic puppet yeah
0: i i imagine how i would like to know how many people are actually behind the scenes controlling him yeah as he's going because i would guess it's probably like two or three people yeah with like the eyes and the ears and the mouth and like just there's so many different muscles going on in the yeah. face that just, i I imagine it'd be really difficult for one person to have all these buttons yeah like click i mean and i've control. seen i've
1: seen that there's a guy with a con, like a controller and like there's another guy who kind of uh, moves his, his arms on a little stick, you know, kind of like a natural mm-hmm. puppet. And so uh, I think there's at least four or five guys yeah, yeah just with one with Grogu, <laughs> you know, and that's well, especially crazy. especially
0: because, like, he's he's a really small character, but he's a very important character. And so the fact that, I mean, it also because he's so small is part of the reason why they have to have him be a puppet with a lot of people controlling. him, Because you can't have a person in the suit. Yeah. Like, with Quill, they could actually have a body double. They can have somebody inside that that moves around, and then the only yeah. thing they really need to control is possibly part of his face, because his, like, his chin area sticks out a lot further than a human face. Mm-hmm. So that probably is, like, completely enclosed, besides, like, a spot for breathing. Right. And so I doubt that those movements are from someone actually talking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably... A, it's got some animatronics in there to control the, like, mouth opening and closing. Yeah. But besides that, like... That, the whole like prosthetics and just how it merges with the whole head and everything. Yeah, it just it looks so good. It does. Yeah, and also
1: Quill is just one of my favorite characters. Oh, is so cool. He... I have spoken. I have spoken. Yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> he is so good, and he's he's such a like even in just these first two episodes, he's kind of a guiding light for Mando. Exactly. Like Mando keeps like you know when he's trying to ride the blurg, he's like, "No, I can't do this. Do you have a speeder? Do you have anything? You know?" He's like, uh, "You're a Mandalorian." your ancestors rode the great mythosaur. You could surely ride this calf. You know Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of made Mando like, oh, he's like, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, you right. <laughs> you right. And then just, you know, uh, Quill just had a lot of kindness too. Yeah. Like, like he had no right, like he had no...
0: No need. No
1: need to yeah. uh, help Mando with all this, you know, yeah. help him track down his ship parts and things. But I don't know. I think Quill kind of saw something that, you know, because he said a lot of bounty hunters went through this spot to get the child, but most of them died. And I think Quill kind of saw something else in Mando. Because, yeah. you know, not to get into too much, because we'll talk about it later, but he ends up helping him later, too. So Yeah, I that was actually one of my favorite things is when he comes back. Yeah.
0: Because he's just such a good character.
1: <laughs> well, and it's interesting, too, to look just, like, in-universe and things, like... The um, Quill is an Ugnot, which was originally introduced in uh, Empire Strikes Back in Cloud City. They were the ones like taking apart C-3PO and stuff and throwing his stuff around. They were little workers, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Queel talks about how he was he worked for the Empire and it, it was it was really interesting seeing his perspective on like Mando would offer him money and he'd be like oh nope I, yeah I don't need that or like Mando offered him a job and he was like my time of servitude is is done yeah you know he worked a lifetime to escape servitude yeah so. yeah he's just a
0: very good character he is it's it's a it's a, a reoccurring character in a lot of ways but like mm-hmm. just sort of that early guiding sort of I guess like older I I don't know exactly like how grizzle, grizzle it. grizzled weirdo. Yeah, he's a bit of an outcast. Yeah, but just the way that he gives Mando, and, and even Mando, like he himself is very smart and very wise in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but like you'll you'll see it a little bit um, in his interactions with the the Sand people. Oh yeah, in season two, and but now maybe he learned that. Maybe that's part of what he learned from from Quill is like how to
1: interact with these other cultures. Yeah, in their way, not necessarily your way. Well, it seems like it seems like Mando also he takes he's willing to listen. Like he is brash. He is you know he disintegrated all these Jawas because they took away his. (laughs) They were currently
0: stealing his his ship
1: parts. (laughs) Um, and and like that scene where they're talking with the Jawas, she's like, "Do you understand this?" and shoots the flame at them and everything. He's brash, but like I think he's willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And so I think you know maybe there was a time where he was on Tatooine and the Tuskens ambushed him, but he was like. I'm not going to straight up kill you right now. Because I feel yeah. like you guys could all kill me. Well, he understands <laughs> their perspectives. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah.
0: And so it's... Well, it's just... is important to... Yeah. And it shows his character. Which we get to more. But like... Mando is really one of the main reasons why this show is successful. Because yeah. he is such a good character. Ah, uh, Pedro. And we will... We will get more into that as we go. Yeah. Like, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Because we're... Yeah. We got We're doing two episodes... Mm-hmm. Two two of the show episodes per hour episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two episodes per So episode. we don't want to get too much of what we're going to talk about yeah, with so that. Yeah, so we got we got four for season one.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: guess that's kind of also like going back with how this is a bit of an experiment. We're going to start with just season one. Mm-hmm. We might take a little bit of a break, and then we will probably eventually do season two. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we just look above it. We'll see where we go. You see know? what like feedback we can get, things like that. See how mm-hmm. we feel about it and mm-hmm. everything. And just kind of... Figure it out as we go. That's been a pretty reoccurring theme with our podcast so far. It's just sort of like, hey, we'll do it. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't work, I guess we'll try again later. Yeah. (laughs) So far, things have been pretty
1: good. Yeah. Well, and so far, I've really enjoyed talking about this. Like, well, there's one thing I wanted, you know, you said not to get too far into things, but Mando's character. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that really shows is, you know, when this show was first being, like, advertised and things, we're like, oh, we're getting a badass Show about a bounty hunter who who doesn't take no crap, and we get that. Yeah, you know, with that uh, we got you four to one. I like those odds. You know, Mm -hmm. we get all that. But then at the end, just that choice that he makes. You know, uh, he's a bounty hunter. He could have just let IG Eleven kill Grogu. Mm He he could have just let him. Would have gotten paid for it. Yeah, would have gotten paid for it. Yeah, because he said as long as there was proof of termination, he would have still gotten paid. And so, but like just that look that he had well it's funny i say look when you just see we'll get more into that i yeah. that's something i really want to talk about too but yeah um but like that decision that he has that starts this whole series off of shooting IG- ig11 and taking the child yeah and
0: how quick it was too mm-hmm. cuz up until this point we haven't really seen anything about him having i guess more of a compassionate side mm-hmm. Especially with, like, the, the blue fish guy. The oh, beginning. yeah, the, I'll bring you in warm or I'll bring you in cold. Yeah, and and the, he's trying to, like... He seems like a reasonable guy. Mm-hmm. Just sort of caught in the wrong spot with the wrong people. Yeah. And the Mando's like, I don't really care. Like, I'm getting paid. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to get paid whether or not I have to kill you for it. So. Well, he's like, <laughs> I don't care about your stories. I don't care about, it. you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, um, the blue guy. Gosh, I'm... I know his species name, but, uh, I'm you're spacing on it. I'm spacing on it. Um, Sorry. Right. We'll forgive you. Yeah. Um, but he is all talking about, yeah, you know, I, I feel like this is a little uh, bit him just trying to, uh, get out get away from Mando. Yeah. But like, he's talking about like, Oh, I was going to be with my family with life day and blah, 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 you know? And, uh, uh, Mando was like, yeah, I don't think you're going to make it. And then just freezes him. But like, With with Grogu, when he sees Grogu, it's like you even see kind of his body change. Like he kind of, and like when Grogu reaches out his hand and you see his finger go, you know, it's like I don't know. It it like it changes him even in that moment, which is kind of cool. And I don't even think he knows it yet because, as we'll talk about later, Mm -hmm. there are other things that happen that it's just it's really cool to see a character who we don't see his face at all go through all of this and be able to still have very emotional reactions to things yeah. when it's a metal helmet. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> like there were a lot of times where like, you know, especially when he was talking with like IG11 and he would like move his head in a certain way or whatever where you're like, "Oh, I can tell he's surprised or or like annoyed or, you know, like and that's testament to not only Pedro because actually a lot of times Pedro isn't in the costume. It's actually hmm. Brendan Wayne and Oh man, I, I I wanna I wanna credit him. There are two main guys who are in it's it, basically like the stunt doubles. Yeah. Brendan Wayne and uh I think it's uh Barry Lowen. Oh no, that's chapter two, he's Mandalorian. But anyway, there are two uh uh, I, I would love to credit him, but it's Brendan Wayne and there's another Next guy. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do some research. Brendan Wayne is actually the grandson of John Wayne, the uh, actor, uh, famous cowboy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they're in the suit a lot. And so credit mm-hmm. to them for their body language and things. And Well, yeah, this the whole direction of Mando. We'll get into it
0: more. Yeah. I specifically, will when the, it becomes more relevant to the episode mm-hmm. we're talking about, yeah. Yeah,
1: but he. It's just it's really good.
0: That's one of the main.
1: Well, one of draws. One of, the of show. my favorite moments in the first episode is when they're like, "Well, how do we get the door down?" And then both him and IG Eleven <laughs> like slow turn to toward the gun. <laughs> That's actually one thing I'm curious about is how much of IG Eleven is is practical. practical. Well, I know that there was at least a practical droid on set, but I, I think his
0: legs that. are CG. Yeah, his legs look a little bit different. There's a couple times when you see him walking around mm-hmm. and his legs just. It's hard to quantify yeah. how it's different, but it just feels more CG than his upper body. Yeah. But just, like, the way his, his like, head moves specifically with, the, like, the eye bits, oh, like, yeah. rotating around, that I would totally expect, mm-hmm. it, at least sometimes, for that
1: to be practical. Well, it's funny, in Empire Strikes Back when IG-88 was a thing, he mm. was just a big old robot that was bolted to the ground. That was pretty much what he... He just stood there. Yeah, that's pretty much what he was. I think his arms may have moved or something, but, yeah. like... And I think, like... Uh, well, he like, was only in a few scenes. He was only in that one scene with the oh, Donnie Hunters. Yeah. You know, the no disintegrations. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which we see in this. The, yeah. That's probably... I, I'm wondering if that's what Darth Vader meant. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't disintegrate people. But... It's not very nice. Yeah, it's really cool, and we'll get more into IG-11. Maybe we can look into some of his behind-the-scenes stuff. and. hmm I think this was a good, uh, good little first, yeah, first talk about about this show, and kind of along the lines with this being a bit of an experiment.
0: It, it looks like it's not quite true for this episode, yeah. but they might not be as long as we normally do, right? Just because, like I said, it's about two half-hour episodes, mm-hmm. like half hour to forty minutes, which even if we're watching two of them, that's still shorter than a whole movie. Yeah. So, and then also with the fact that we don't
1: want to jump too far ahead which yeah
0: eh, we might not have done such a good job this time we'll
1: we'll i think we did a fairly well, yeah, we'll good do job okay we did yeah. okay but and then and then i feel like also in the other episodes we don't want to keep treading on things we've yeah. already talked about yeah. don't want to jump ahead don't want to reiterate so because i'm sure throughout this we will continue to talk about the volume but like uh yeah i don't probably not that, go in as in depth yeah as we did this time
0: mm-hmm but yeah, we, we they might end up being closer like thirty minutes to forty five minutes, yeah. but we figured that's okay. It's a mm-hmm. bit of a special little experiment. We, we don't and know. Exactly and I think that's why going.
1: I think that's why we did we want to do two is because mm-hmm. uh, if it was just one episode,
0: uh, I'm not
1: sure we'd have enough to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but also we didn't want to
0: yeah. draw it out too long either. To right. Talk about eight mm-hmm. individual episodes and yeah, eight of our own individual episodes like. Yep. It might just take too long to get through
1: everything. So, we figured doing two at once would be a little bit better. Yep. But we thank you for coming along this ride with us. Yeah. Um, because we're we love movies, we love we just love this storytelling, you know. Yeah. We love TV and we were like, "You know what? There's a lot of great TV out there that
0: Well, that's actually an interesting point to just bring up briefly from yeah. from my perspective. I didn't really watch that much TV.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, for most of my life, realistically. I, yeah. I've never really been that into TV shows. I think it really wasn't until around like, 2018, 2019, when we were living together, mm. when I started watching shows with... Like, I think that was around the time I first watched Avatar The Last Airbender, all oh, the way yeah. through. And that show was amazing. Yep. And then also like this one, and then some of the other
1: Disney Plus shows, and then yep. that kind of got me into... Well, and especially the past few years, mm. streaming shows... Really have been taking off, and because like back in the day, back in the day, TV was almost that kind of like you know an actor would get uh, you know a big movie actor would go to TV and they'd be like oh his career's ruined yeah oh nope he's going to TV and but that's not necessarily true anymore no no and like there wasn't even that much care taken into TV as there was nowadays but like nowadays you know especially with like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and things they're like uh, why can't we treat TV like Mm-hmm. You know, we treat movies. It's just, like, one thing they're describing, Obi-Wan, they're like, it's six episodes, but it really feels like just a long movie, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just more time to tell that story, you know, just like books, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, a lot of people now are like, oh, let's make my favorite book, not into a movie, but into a series, you know, like Game of Thrones. Like, yes, the final yeah. season had some hiccups, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you had that, you had eight... You have time to develop You have eight seasons to... Explore those characters to be with those characters mm-hmm. to figure out what they're doing, what the story's going, and you know like, how many hours yeah. of the show is that? Because or... like, uh, yeah, movies have their place, and movies are great and can do. But like, to be able to explore this character, like uh, Obi Wan again, mm-hmm. to have I'm, I'm I'm actually like really glad that I get six hours with Obi Wan instead of two. You know, like exactly. So it's it's cool, and we uh, we hope we do more TV. Because yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of fun it, stuff. It
0: might end up being things similar to this. But, mm-hmm. but again, that's kind of why we're doing this experiment. Right? Yeah. We want to see how it goes. We want to see what we like about it. See, Get get as much feedback as we can from anyone yeah. else. Any listeners. And see what they say. And so it's definitely something we're interested in. But we got to figure out exactly how. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> so obviously it's... we're still
1: doing movies. and we're still Yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to replace everything
0: right. that we normally done. Yeah. But... But it's something we, we we also want to include these other things
1: that we enjoy mm-hmm. too. But yeah, we we really appreciate you guys listening. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can listen. I'm currently working on that. I'm I'm, I'm trying to yeah. figure it out. But you you can on most places people listen to podcasts. You can find us. Yeah, so far. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, just like always, remember to watch what you love,
0: and to love what you watch.